Good morning, everybody. Good morning. All right, now I'm better now. Yes. It's um, David Pierre Louis, uh, for, for those wondering. Um, first of all, thank you all for coming out. Um, and thank you, um, as was said earlier, thank you to the folks who are running the video and the audio. It's a, it's a huge uh, job. And so definitely, I feel like I don't have to run through all of the context in, in your long list. Um, so once again, my name is Dominique Meeks. I am uh, one of the hosts of No Blueprint Podcast. Um, shout out to Yoshiko Ueda, who is my trusty sidekick who couldn't be here today, but Tay Thatch, who runs our video and audio of our podcast, is, is standing in the back, so thank you for coming through. Um, some of y'all may not know, but David Pierre-Louis was my first guest on uh, the podcast, and so I called him, I said, I have this crazy idea. Um, it may not be anything, but it may be something. And he showed up, and he was our first guest, and it was awesome. And, and we started from there, and so thank you for that. So for those of you who didn't listen to that first episode, because I'm sure that you may have not, uh, some of the things that I learned, uh, David was raised in New York and Miami. Uh, it's called Seattle Home since around 2004. Um, he got laid off from Adwala in 2008. Uh, had this dream of opening a bar and lounge. And so he opened Lucid Lounge in 2008 after sinking all of his money, his 401k, his credit cards, and was like t really living out this restart mission before, uh, before we got there. And so he, the bar was located in the university district and was really a place for folks to come together and build community. Um, it was a lounge with live music. Uh, one of my friends, I just found out last week, met his wife at the bar, which is amazing. Um, and then David hit the restart button again. And so since then, he's, he's done a slew of projects from, that were named earlier from the Cold Brew with Haiti Cold Brew, um, Startup Week Port-au-Prince, just became a Facebook fellow. Um, and that doesn't underscore the amount of times that David has showed up for the com his community here in Seattle and his community in Port-au-Prince, Haiti. And so, David Pierre-Louis. <laughs> Thank you. And so we'll start with a video. Yes. Shout out to Jace from Black Stacks, who's also in the audience. Be sincere with your intentions. Passion followed by determination can save humanity. Today is the day to step in your purpose. Don't be scared. Take the first step. Faith will develop your wings.
And so that's a good place to start as far as context building for us. And so my first question to you is, we live in a world where so many people define themselves by their job titles. You're someone who's challenged that notion more than once. Can you, we spoke about the closing of Lucid Lounge. Can you talk about when Lucid Lounge closed in 2015, what came next for you? Yeah, I mean, it, it, was, a, it was definitely a bittersweet um, experience for me because uh, I did put a lot of energy into opening Lucid Lounge, and um, I think, for the most part, it was really it was the earthquake in 2010 that really struck a chord for me personally, because um, I was there trying to find my mother to make sure everything was okay, and it was it was one of those things like I really couldn't fathom like staying in Seattle and not really being like really tied into the work that I know that needed to be done in Haiti and. Um, it, I, didn't, I didn't really know, like, to be honest, I just knew that. Cause we, so basically we have a documentary that we um, created about my, my journey of opening, I mean of going to Haiti to find my mother. And uh, that documentary we pre-screened in 2015. And that July when I was on stage talking to the audience, I knew at that moment that I was making that shift, right? Because when you're reliving your, your life on the big screen, you realize, okay, here's an opportunity for me to really make um, an impact. So um, when, I, when I closed, it was just like, all right, now, we're, now we can focus on you know, just being present and trying to really support the community um, that I know needed support in, in Haiti. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, and then Startup Week, Port-au-Prince. So most of us have heard of Startup Week Seattle, and we know what a huge thing it is because there's stuff going on all around the city. You were a huge part of bringing Startup Week Port-au-Prince to fruition. Um, how did that even happen and how does that connect to your overall journey in building Kaitita? Well, I mean, the thing is when I, when I, um, when I closed Lucid, I ended up having an opportunity to really just spend a good month in Haiti, right? No ball and chain, I didn't have to really run back to Lucid and I was able to really just focus on you know what was actually really happening in the community and I met a lot of amazing people and I also realized even as a Haitian American that um, I came from a place of privilege and my perception of like you know what was happening in my own country I'm saying was not what was really happening right and then there was an opportunity where I met some youth that were organizing a hackathon and they asked me to be a part of the hackathon to help promote it, help to find resources to support you know, their, their, their vision. I said yes. Mm. But then when I got back to Seattle, I was like, there's something missing. You know? and, and, and what happens is sometimes you find us operating in isolation, either, we, either because we just don't know how to get more access to resources. So I was like, mm. we should organize Startup Week right? mm. and, and, and put a prince, because I, I had been to several Startup Weeks in Seattle, and I understood the, the benefit of that. And like, what Techstars does is that it's a very bottoms-up approach as far as how um, the Startup Weeks are organized. Um, and so this gave us an opportunity to really still be the ones driving you know, our event and allowed us to be plugged into a larger ecosystem of, of other change makers and other things happening around, um, around the world. So we organized Startup, Port -Port Startup Week. We partnered with um, Hack the CD, which was a, a local group here that was organizing um, hackathons and uh, in the Central District. 
They provided um, laptops to the winners of the hackathon. They provided an opportunity for them to pitch during the Hack the CD. And they, um, we flew the winners from the hackathon to Seattle to be part of Seattle Startup Week. And then it started really making sense in regards to like, this is how we plug our community in Port-au-Prince to what's happening around the world. We just gotta like, just open the doors and let them be, be seen and be part of the conversation. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And so then, after your appearance on my first podcast that I believe um, was released in spring of 2016, um, you went on this 22-city world tour uh, where you screened your film, Kimbe Fim, um, that was all about, like you said, your journey um, going back to Haiti. What was it like to go around the world and screen this film that you had put so much of your, your life into the open and how was it sharing the vision of what you wanted to do with Kaitita with the world? Honestly, it was, it was actually very, a lot more difficult than I expected. Um, and part of that is because like, I, I, I identify as a, an introvert, right? If you hold, hold that slide for a minute right there. Yeah. Um, and um, I, I never wanted to shoot a documentary, right? So after the earthquake, the vision was to just like literally, we couldn't get a hold of my mother, so basically I hopped on a plane three days later and got on a plane and then I met this gentleman here, the one that's, that guy right there, Indigo, who's a, a reporter from, from London. And he was on a plane with me going to, to Haiti just to cover the story. We met in Miami, and he's like, I told him what, I was going, what was going on. He's like, oh man, I want to follow your story, right? And I, want to, I want to follow you, like whatever. And so he, he basically tags along with me throughout the whole, my trip. And so this whole time, the experience is like, this guy's in my face with his camera, he's asking me questions. And, but I was very patient because what happened is that I became, he became, well, my responsibility as well because um, he didn't know where he was walking into as well, right? And so he didn't speak the language, and so we just became attached to the hip, right? And it was, it was surreal. So like my mother, so when we finally got to my mother's house, um, she, didn't, she didn't know I was coming. I didn't know she was there. And it was just, she caught that moment. He caught that moment on, on camera. And from there, it kind of spiraled into him sending the footage to CBS. Katie Kirk did a piece on me. And then um, Mark, I don't know if he's made it or not, but Mark, who's a local filmmaker here in Seattle, decided to document my, my journey. Mm -hmm. And that's how it all kind of came together. And, and for me, again, I'm an introvert, and I like my, my space. But every time it was a camera in my, in my face, it was Mark, oh, you guys are doing this. I want to be there. I want to document. So it was a real live like, documentation of like, this is what we're doing. It's like there was no, I mean, Facebook was big back then, but we weren't posting, we're doing this, we're doing that. It was just literally, I had a camera in my face every time. Um, and this was 2000 and? I mean, between 2010 to 2012, 2013 okay. is when the documentary was actually being shot. Okay. Um, but 2015, 2016, 2017? It was 2016. 2016, we went mm -hmm. on, no, 2017. So last year, mm -hmm. when we took it on tour. So last year, um, I think after my, when I got to DC, on, that was like the second leg of the tour, I couldn't watch the documentary anymore. I had to literally walk back out because I, I found myself very emotional. I found myself like reliving that moment over and over again. And I also realized like there was, um, there was a lot of trauma that I didn't process mm -hmm. that I was able to, I was actually kind of like 
it was just hit me all the time, and I just stopped because I still didn't know, know how to like um, to deal with it. But that's my mom, by the way. <laughs> and so, Kai means house, and Tita is her her nickname. And so that's what the organization is named after my mother, and it's her property that we're turning into this resource center. Um, but the interesting thing is. Um, the response was amazing, right? And everywhere I went, we, we, we toured it in London and um, in, in Europe, and people were very responsive, you know, of what we were doing. But it was also interesting that even in Berlin, people were like, had the same perception of what Haiti was like, right? Mm -hmm. Poor, like, oh, I didn't know about, you know, this stuff happening, oh, startup week in, in Haiti, like, how is that even possible? Are there mm -hmm. entrepreneurs there? It was just like this very, like, perception of, that we have of, of certain communities that the media does a really good job telling you one story that Kimbe Femme um, allowed us to really show a different narrative and I, I really enjoyed that, that opportunity. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, how can folks see the film? Very soon it'll be on Amazon where we decided to self-distribute so with, probably within the next month or so it'll be on Amazon. So if you go to our website, kaitita.org, you'll see a link to the Amazon link eventually. And so throughout your restart journey, and even before your restart journey, community has always seemed to be at the center, both locally and internationally for you. Can you speak about what does community mean to you? And can you speak about the importance of community in your life? I mean, that, was, that was, I mean, I know you asked me to think about community. And that was a, that was a little bit of a hard one for me. And I think I was trying to really Think about it not from the perspective of just like the very surface importance of community, but like just at the core, like what was driving me to like focus on community so much. Mm -hmm. And I think part of that was um, growing up, I didn't have like, you know, I mean, we had a family, but we weren't really that tight, mm -hmm. right? And so therefore, I found community like in stuff like this, right, and, and these people. And so like, I, but I was, like, it was, I was able to actually curate the community that I actually really wanted. I was able, actually really able to handpick the people that I wanted to be in my life, and it was really awesome um, because there's this um, sense of accountability. Mm -hmm. um, there's also like this sense of like being grounded that comes with, the, with being part of a community. Um, like I, and I get to like stay young, I think, too, right? And when, you, when you're meeting people, you're always like re refreshing and restarting, right? So like, this group of people here that are from Port-au-Prince, I mean, like, they're young and they're, they're amazing and they keep you, they keep me on point, right? right? And, and they don't let me sleep because my, my, my WhatsApp is always blowing up and, and, <laughs> and, and they always, and they, everybody needs something, right? Mm -hmm. And I don't have all the answers, right? But I, I have access to people that, that do, right? And so I get a chance to like really be plugged into supporting my community. I, I have this notion of like, the power of yes mm -hmm. is my whole thing, and yes is what kind of like really forms a lot of the community that I've been a part of. Yeah. And then I'm also realizing like we're all actually really connected, and we're mm -hmm. actually all the same. And if we just take a, take some time to like really focus, and and I say focus from the perspective of like not just like focus on what you want, but just like really pay attention to what's happening around you, right? We don't have to reinvent the wheel. Yeah. In most cases, we just have to like just pay attention, right? And I think that's for me, that, that was a big thing with everything that I've been doing. Mm -hmm. If I pay attention, if I listen, then it, it allows for this community to like come together because we're already 
We're supposed to be connected, right? Absolutely. So. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and then in our first. Oh, these kids. Are, this is this is this was like an amazing experience right here. Talk about it. I mean, this was like this was our first startup week, and for me, like this was awesome because we were able to expose these youth to robotics, and we had a bunch of um, uh, people here in Seattle that you know I was like, hey, listen, I want to I want to take down some robotics and solar robotics down to. To Haiti, like you know, they hopped on Amazon. They purchased all the stuff for us. We took it down, but just we exposed them. Like these, I mean, this is like literally like miles and miles away from like, you know, a, a city, right? And we were able to come out there and pay attention and and just be a part of that and, and give us give them this opportunity to to see something different. And yeah. it was just amazing just to kind of see, you know, what we can, what what you can actually achieve if you just like, just focus and let people just participate. You know, for sure, yeah. for sure, for sure. And so, on the same topic of community, Haiti Coffee. Um, you've allowed Seattleites to experience a taste of Haiti um, through imported beans and creating an amazing cold brew. Um, what's the story behind the coffee and how does it connect to the work that you're doing with Kaitita um, in, the, in your Port-au-Prince community? So <laughs> I was trying to find um, images for the slide, and, and I forgot about 1804 coffee. And so after I closed Lucid, well, when I, was, when I had Lucid, I was actually um, selling coffee, Haitian coffee at Lucid, just as a way to support you know, the economy in Port-au-Prince. But um, we started the brand 1804 coffee, and 1804 was the year of the Haitian Revolution. Mm -hmm. And I was really excited about 1804 coffee. Um, we work. South Lake Union became one of our first clients. I started actually making cold brew in my office, you know, and it, and it was it was actually really good to have the support of, of WeWork in that movement. But then, when I went down to Haiti for Startup Week, I think I was coming back, and I tried to log on to my Instagram for 1804 Coffee, and I realized like I couldn't log in. Uh oh, and I'm like, that's weird. And then I realized that. I didn't have an actual login for 1804 Coffee, but then I found another company that had 1804 Coffee online, and I'm like, "This is my, this is my brand." I mean, <laughs> the, the brand was almost identical, and I and I tried to reach out to the company. I was going to dispute it, and then I was like, yeah, "It's not worth the energy, mm. right?" And and so Miriam, who's the founder of Haiti Coffee, um, she's out of California. She's a farmer. Um, she was in Haiti after the earthquake. Um, she was the person that I was dealing with. She was down there doing education and training for some of the farmers. Her and I had talked, and we realized there was some synergy between you know, what I was doing, I mean, sales and marketing, and that, that was like my strong point. Um, uh, for some, uh, a lens on, on, us, on, on a different scale. Um, we are planning to use the money that we received from this uh, fellowship to support early stage entrepreneurs in, in, in Port-au-Prince. One of the biggest things that I've identified is that we can have ideas, but if we don't have the actual the training and the knowledge to, to support that, we, we tend to fall short. And I realize that a lot in the community that we're working with is that they're amazing with some of the things that they want to do, but they don't have you know the access to the resources that they need, right? And so the vision is that we're going to provide them with memberships at Impact of Port-au-Prince. We're going to provide them with actual um, training for the next nine months. Um, it's a 12-month program that basically gets set up and, you know, they'll be holding us accountable. I think accountability is, is huge in 
accomplishing the things that you want to accomplish. And so for me, it's, it, it means a lot to have this, this opportunity to, to be a part of this program. Yeah. And then my last question, speak about Kai Tita 2020, into the future, um, and how can we be a part of what that vision is for you? How much time do we have? This has been a long, like, this is a long road, and, and, I'm, and I'm very, very like happy just to like be at this point. Um, I mean, we're still raising money, we're still raising awareness about what we're doing, but um, I, I've been blessed to have. So Tyler Angel Architects is a local architect here out of Westlake, um, and they've been working with us pro bono and designing this building for us. Um, the vision that I had for this space was to make sure that it was 100% sustainable. So we looked at the Bullet Center. If you guys are familiar with the Bullet Center, it's the greenest commercial building in the world. It's right here off of 16th and Madison. Um, we thought about that because um, Port of Prince is a resource constraint, right? And, and it's, it's, it was a city that was built for a quarter of a million people and it houses three million people. So if you can just imagine, like, yeah, so this place is going to be completely off the grid, um, solar powered. Um, we're working with um, Impact Bioenergy, like out over there. I mean, just like really being very thank, I mean, thoughtful in regards to how we approach the building itself and how it's going to function. But the space itself is going to be six floors, um, community cafe, uh, which is where you know we'll host a lot of the, the, the people in our community. We want it to be very accessible. Um, we have a, a hostel that's also part of this property as well too. We are we don't want to depend on donations um, going forward, so we want to make sure the building is sustainable going forward. We've added a hostel, a place that you know some of our facilitators and moderators will actually be able to stay when they when they come and, and facilitate some of the different programs. Um, there's a floor dedicated to social entrepreneurship, um, health and wellness. It's it's key for us. Health and wellness is very important because especially in the community like. For the Prince um, and underserved communities, that's the last thing that we tend to focus on is our personal health. So we try to dedicate a floor to health and wellness as much as possible. Um, we've got a, a floor dedicated to innovation and technology, um, and then a floor dedicated to just education and literacy. Um, uh, what else? I mean, it's it's, it's exciting time, that I, and I believe that with the Facebook leadership fellowship, it, it, it puts us on a different pedestal so that we can actually access other resources that we can use to help us build um, this, this, this building. And how can we be a part of the journey? When can I go visit? <laughs> I mean, you can come visit any time, right? So um, start, Port of, I mean, Impact Up Port-au-Prince is open and it's functioning, um, which has been really good. Eventually, Impact Up Port-au-Prince will move over to this building. We, we, we had a really great landlord in our, in our neighborhood that um, has given us rent for a very dirt cheap price. They've been very supportive of what we're doing. Um, but Startup Week is always a good time to travel to, to Haiti. Um, all you need is a passport. Um, but other than that, I mean, there's a, I know there's a lot of really, really intelligent people in this room that if my community was connected to you guys, to you, it would be just like you know a world of a difference. Um, and so I think mentorship is one of the things that we've, we've heard over and over again from our community. We just want mentors. You know, they're, they're brilliant. I mean, all, all, of us, all of us are brilliant, right? We just want people to just like, just share, you know, exactly, you know, uh, just share with us what you're doing, what makes you unique, and, and share your experiences. Um, following us online is a good way to really be supportive of, of that. 
Yeah. And then ITJ and focus. So along this, as we get ready for this presentation, we wanted to like leave something behind for you guys. And um, if you guys, on your, on your chair, you guys receive this card and there's a URL that says focus. Um, <laughs> it means the world to really like, to focus, right? To understand what's actually already happening. And so we are developing this page as a way to highlight the people in our community and to really highlight the different things that they are doing already. And then you can just see how you can connect and how you can just like be a part of our journey. Um, it's, I think the answer is really simple. It's just a matter of focusing and listening. And so this page is being, um, I mean, Oblong Pixel has been you know, a great partner of ours for the past three years. I think I met Sean and Riley at um, Startup Week a couple of years ago. And I was like, hey, I need to, I need our feasibility, feasibility study design page design and would you help us? I don't have any money, but we need your help. <laughs> and Sean and Riley were like, yes, and they've been a great partner of ours ever since. Um, and so this page is, and, and we want feedback. So we're, this page, we're still growing, it's, it's still coming together, but these are amazing people that we're connected to now, and I, I couldn't be any more, in a, in a much more elated place to, to say, like, even for example, like Merlin, we helped her get to China back in July for a tech conference was her first time leaving um, the country. Um, she ran into a lot of issues at the airport, and I realized at that moment that we could have we could have given up on the situation that right then and there. But then I was like, I had to, I had to also understand like you know what she was going through, and we figured it out. But she had, ended up making it. But she's been a, just a great mentee ever since, and you know just focus and, and help us you know hold us accountable. I think that's that's the, that's the main thing. Like I'm sharing my story with you. Um, with the hopes that you guys will hold me accountable to the things that I say that I'm going to do, um, and call me out, and feel free to be honest and, 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 and candid with, you know, if you see us going on the wrong path, and you might want to make some suggestions. We're all open. Um, yeah. Save the dates. So yeah, we're doing a, um, we're giving, giving two things coming up in a couple weeks. You're going to support us. Um, we're doing a holiday market at WeWork. Southwick Union, um, Taste of Haiti, Essential Co-op. I'm really excited about doing some demoing there. If you want to try the Haitian coffee, you can come down to Central Co-op there. And then Port-au-Prince Startup Week is August 5th through 9th. You're all welcome. It's safe. We'll take good care of you. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so I'm Sean follows <laughs> Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, websites, buy some coffee, support. Uh, about the idea of restart. Recently I was put in a situation where 
not by choice, I have to restart the company's failing. And I'm curious, like, what advice do you have around restarting, especially uh, picking up momentum and doing it very quickly? It sounds like you've done a lot of things, and I'm, just curious, I'm curious about your perception of gaining momentum. Don't be afraid to start, right? And then just um, ask, for, ask for help, right? And, and be, be okay with asking for the support from different people that are already doing it. Um, and uh, that's, that's my thing. I don't, I don't think about like what other people are doing. I just really just take my time and just, I just, I just go for it, right? And then um, a lot of it I've been learning along the way, right? So I'm not, I'm not afraid to fail. I don't look at it as, you know, fail is a, is a word that, you know, I think we throw around pretty you know, loosely, but I'm, I'm, I'm okay with, like, just taking that leap and running with it. Um, like I said, I got with Haiti Coffee, for example, like, we started in my my, um, my office, right, and I'm just making cold blood out of the office, right, because, like, really starting is, starting with, with what you have and then growing from there. Um, that Help. But I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm down to talk. If you want to talk offline, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, with so many things that you're putting your effort into, how do you personally handle burnout? <laughs> <laughs> Great question. <laughs> um, that's a good one. <laughs> I, have, I have some good friends in my life that I really started holding accountable. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm still figuring it out, to be honest, right? And, and, but I'm, but I'm, I know it's real. It's, it's a lot more real now for me. Um, I'm turning 40 in a couple weeks. And, you know, and it's like, hey. And I, 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 I feel good, but then at the same time, I, like, I know there's a part of me that's not really completely whole, like it should be. Um, so I know I need to start slowing down. Um, I know I need to start delegating. Um, the things I know I need to start doing. <laughs> but I think for me, what's like, when I say about the accountability part, it's really like sharing everything with someone is, is, is helping. Um, I have a good friend of mine who did some energy work with me last night, and was saying, like, I'm worried, right? I'm like, all right, I hear you. I, I, I totally hear you. And so, like, just, I need to slow down, and I, and I know it. And, and, like, I'm cutting out the things that don't make sense. And um, start to really focus on like self love, you know, and, and understand what that actually really means to me. Yeah. Thanks for asking that question. <laughs> I I really just have a, a comment because I work with David a lot, and I just started working with Town Grow, a garden-based um, learning opportunity for kids after school. And as soon as I asked him, uh, if we can have the coffee grounds that are finished, you know. Brewing. He was like, oh yeah, come pick them up now. Um, and, and I keep hearing him say, I share, I share, I share. And you know, gardening teaches you, you reap what you sow. And it, all along the way, he's been sharing with his community, whether it was here in Seattle, in Haiti, in New York, wherever. He always shares. And we as Americans have been taught that sharing is communism. And it's terrible. <laughs> And he's telling you, I'm 40 years old. I know I've got to slow down someday. You know, and and you see the the evidence of things not seen is that spirit of sharing that you reap So, and I just wanted to comment on that. Thank you. Uh, what does your family and especially your mom think about everything that's going on? 
Oh, she can't wait for me to move back. <laughs> like, um, no, she's she's excited and and she's like, you're the boss. Whatever you want to do, you can do. Um, it's been great to have her support. Like, I mean, even yeah, she's just been like, whatever you want, right? I think also it's like my mother moved back to Haiti in 2002, and so I think it's one of those things like whatever it takes to get me closer. She's all for it, right? <laughs> and. I am too, right? It's, it's, it's pretty. It's pretty cool. So the family is very supportive. Yeah. Can you talk a bit about being an introvert and, and making these jumps? Because that, you know, I can empathize with that. I'm just I, curious. I think I turn I turn it on for the right purpose, <laughs> right? And I think even as being a, when I was I, I bartended for seven years. And I never bartended. I mean, I bartended. I learned bartending when I opened Lucid. But it was like I had to survive. I had to do what I needed to do. Um, I think even coming here today, I was like, I was, I was a little nervous initially, but then I realized like once you start seeing faces, you're like, they're human like me, and it's all good, right? So um, it's just been, I just don't, I just, I just turn it on and off when I need to, right? And then I, I also know when enough is enough, and I can retreat to my my personal space, and, and that's that's what I do. Yeah, Netflix and chill, a lot of that. That's <laughs> <laughs> something complete. <laughs> You told me that you were turning 40 in a few weeks, I just figured I'd let you know. <laughs> On that note, thank you. <laughs>